What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, welcome to Red Rocks Austin. I am so, so honored to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are watching from. Uh, as Doug said, my name is Ryan. Thanks, man. You, you're strong. You, you put that up there with full flex. I appreciate you doing that. Um, yeah, my name is Ryan. I'm from Dallas, Texas. You can go ahead and be seated. And uh, I've been friends with Red Rocks for a very, very long time. And uh, I just want to say, Doug, I'm just so honored that you would, uh, that you would have me come, come drive down and speak. And, man, I was just listening to your intro of service. He said... The word of the day is engaged. It's the difference between some music and an experience with the Almighty God. I said, this man's intro might be better than my whole sermon, okay? I'm like, is this what y'all get every week? This is, this is a, amazing, man. I, I love you as a communicator. I love you as a friend. I knew when we were hanging out in Denver, I said, this man doesn't belong here. He belongs in Texas, okay? I just knew. I knew it in my spirit, and uh, man, just so honored to be your friend and honored to get to get to speak to all of you today on uh, this Father's Day weekend. I believe fatherhood is the best hood. In fact, here is a picture of my family. Uh, we've got my wife and two kids here. Uh, the, the young one, he just turned one. His name is Roman Xander, very authoritative, could be president or work for Google. We don't know. And then uh, the, the older one, he is five years old. His name is Jackson Carter Leak. He wants to be Black Panther when he grows up. I don't know if that's going to be possible to get him to Wakanda, but hopefully he can just go to college. I would be happy with just that. And I don't know about you, but uh, I, I know we live in a pretty crazy world, a pretty chaotic world. And for me, uh, coming home to them reminds me of what is most important in life. Like sometimes it's like you can feel like you're in this storm. You can feel like there's chaos all around you. But man, I just... I love being a dad, so, so shout out to, to all you dads out there. I pray that today uh, your family gets you the best present you've ever gotten, and, and whatever that is uh, for you, um, I pray that you, you get that, and I pray that you know that you are honored uh, here today. Um, I want to begin today's message in uh, the book of Acts. I want to start in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. It says this, it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, of what was known as the Italian cohort, a Roman military officer, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject, why can't we all just get along? Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have today to look at your word. Uh, God, I pray that you would give us your perspective on the world, on others, and ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say it. Um, I have played uh, basketball uh, my whole life, uh, and whenever I go to open gym, 
uh, they assemble teams kind of like we would do in elementary at recess. You know, you pick teams and there's captains. Uh, so there can be captains that pick teams. The other way the teams can be assembled is uh, there is a whiteboard at Lifetime Fitness. You're going to write your name on the board and what other, other names are on the board, that's who you play with. You don't really get a decision on who you play with. Some people put up fake names so they can get on the teams with, with their friends and then they'll, they'll put up Jamal, but Jamal's not really there. Then Jeremy comes in, they put him on the list. And so they, they do that kind of thing. Well, uh, Open Gym a couple months ago, uh, it, was, uh, it was a captain situation where two people were picking teams. I was told that I was one captain. Another gentleman was told that he was a captain. And so what I began doing was uh, I immediately started picking all the six, seven black people in the gym, okay? I said, let me get you, you, you. I saw a couple white dudes. I said, hey, how y'all doing? And then I said, hey, let me get you, brother, back there. Yes, you, seven-footer, all right? Yeah, because uh, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to win. And then uh, the two white guys, they looked at me, and they said, hey, um, you must have been misinformed because, well, we're the captains. And I, I said, oh, man, my bad. No, I, don't, I didn't mean to, to disrespect you, man. Yeah, y'all the captains, y'all pick whoever you want. They said, yeah, we picked you. I said, why? Like, why, why, why did you decide to pick me? Now, this wasn't a black and white issue, ladies and gentlemen. This was a shoe issue. If y'all could have seen the shoes this man was wearing, I couldn't believe. In fact, we got a picture of the shoes right here. Let's see if they, they, they can bring that up. Okay, this is what my man was wearing, okay? I said, listen, man, are we going on a hike? Are we in Austin? We going to the hills, okay? Man pulled a protein bar out of his cargo shorts. I said, listen, what is going on right now? How did you get captain role in New Balances, my friend? Okay, like, I'm just, I am so confused by the situation. I'm like, I don't want to play with New Balances, okay? I'm trying to win today. I'm not trying to get in shape and go climb the mountains, okay? I'm trying to play basketball, and I don't see how we go. You're going to mess up the court in them New Balances. Well, I said, you know what? I, I got to be the Christian here. I got to be a better man. You know, our world needs racial reconciliation. And so, all right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and lose all day and play with new balances all day, okay? Now, to my surprise, ladies and gentlemen, new balances was pretty good at basketball. <laughs> like, very good. I mean, he was setting screens, cutting, rebounding, and we ended up winning about, about five games. I, I was... To my surprise, I digress, ladies and gentlemen. I got it wrong. I judged a book by its cover. We judge people by their appearance and make all sorts of calculations. I must admit, I, I got it wrong. Has anybody ever gotten it wrong about you? Has anyone ever looked at you and made some calculations that were just off. I want to submit a thought to us this weekend, this Father's Day weekend, and it's this. Is it possible that we won't really see people clearly unless we see them through God's perspective? And in the world that you and I live in, full of people that constantly are trying to label each other in a world full of opinions, is it possible that you and I could make some space this weekend to say, Lord, how do you see this situation? How do you see people? I love uh, this story, and, and to give you a little bit more context, uh, there, is, there are two main characters in this story. The first one is Cornelius. He is a part of the Roman 
military. Just to give you some context of what that means for the other character in this story, who is Peter. Uh, if you're a part of the Roman military, you're part of the group of people that killed Jesus, who was Peter's best friend. So there's no reason why these two should be friends or especially get dinner. And, and scripture tells us in verse 9, it says the next day as they were on their journey in approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. You ever been that hungry? You just fell asleep. This is crazy. And saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. What I want you to notice today is the differences between both men's responses. Cornelius said, what is it, Lord? Peter said, by no means, Lord. You ever told God no? God ever asked you to do something? You're like, man, God, listen, uh, uh, nope, mm, 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 nope, 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 nope. I'll serve, but I won't give. No, you want me to talk to that neighbor? No, 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 no. They breast think I ain't got time for them. No, they got an attitude. Lord, I, I will do anything except this. I used to grow up going, Lord, I will go anywhere in the world. Call me, send me, as long as it's not Africa. Okay, like I used to just be like, pick places. Don't send me to Calcutta. Don't send me. Lord, if you're going to call me, call me to Hawaii. Like, like I had this thing in my mind of where I was going, Lord, I, I will obey you as long as it's comfortable for me. We've got to ask ourselves, what position is our heart when God wants to show us something different? I mean, the question I want us to ask ourselves today is, are we even open and willing to pray about seeing things a different way? Now, you may have grown up with a specific political persuasion. You may have grown up with a specific religious background. Have you ever taken whatever it is that your perspective is and said, Lord, what do you um, my, I grew up in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Now, some of you are going, what does African Methodist Episcopal mean? It's just a black church. That's all it is. Okay, Just, just a black church. It was a small black church. And then uh, my father had a stroke when I was in fifth grade, and I, I started going to a predominantly white, large church um, in Rockford, Illinois. And so I went from an all-black church experience to an all-white church experience. And all of a sudden, the things that I was growing up with, I had to go, Lord? But what do you think? How do you think I should treat people? How do you think I should see someone? I live with the notion that I could be getting it wrong at all times. And when you think that you could be getting it wrong, it puts you in a place of humility instead of a place of an expert of saying, you know what, I want to learn something about you because the assumptions and calculations I might be making about you are inherently flawed. Therefore, I want to give God and you an opportunity to give me a clearer picture of who you really are. One of the things that I've learned, especially over the last couple of years, is that it is very possible to be very Christian and very wrong at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, what you must understand about this text 
is Peter thought it was his religious duty. He thought, no, 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 no. This would be unclean to, to participate in something that is unclean. They saw of the Roman Empire as people that were not God's people. And so you're out and I'm in and therefore it is my righteous duty to be against you. Uh, did you know that there were actually slave owners 400 years ago that thought it was their Christian duty to have them? They weren't, they weren't thinking, oh, this is evil. I'm in the wrong here. No, no, no. They thought, no, 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 I'm, a, I'm doing the Christ-like thing. And it was over time that some leaders had to see it a different way. God had to reveal something to them to see it. In a different way, my question for you is, regardless of whatever your political persuasion is, whatever it is that you believe about life, have you paused long enough to go, I mean, I am who I am. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I think I'm right. I, have you ever gotten into an argument with somebody, like, knowing you're wrong? You're like, listen, I'm wrong. Let's go. Like, who does that? Nobody does that. But can you imagine if all of us were willing to admit that there's a little bit of flaws in our perspective long enough to go, Lord, what do you think? And the story goes on to say this. In verse 15, it says, And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. Sometimes God has to repeat himself. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Verse 19 says this. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany, accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say so he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. This is now a man, Peter, who has been told three times, who has been shifted. His perspective, his vision of others has now changed and now he's going, okay, now let me invite you in to be a guest. Uh, one of my, my favorite people in the whole world, her name is Sint Marshall. She is the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. She says this often. She says, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. It's one thing to be invited to a party. It's another thing for someone to come to you and say, I'm not going to allow you to just sit at the party. Come on, let's dance. Have you ever been at a job where your voice just wasn't heard. And they're like, we hired you. We paid you. I mean, you're there, but you're not actually valued. Can you imagine what would happen if we became diversity and inclusion ambassadors that everywhere we go, whether we're at school, whether we're at gym, whether we're picking teams, whether we're in a boardroom, we decided to be people to say, hey, 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 hey. If there's anybody on the outskirts, it's time to dance. If, if we're not getting along and we're trying to, to come to some reconciliation, then, then can we hear from some other voices that are not our own that maybe don't sound like ours? My question for you today is, 
Who have you invited to the party? Who have you invited to be at your table? And if everybody at your table votes like you, looks like you, thinks like you, spends money like you, then I would say you need to invite some more people to the table. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now about what white privilege is and what white privilege isn't, and it can be somewhat of a trigger phrase for a lot of white people, but I, I like to explain it like this. I don't, I don't like to use the word privilege. I like to use the word access. I have been given a lot of access as an African-American that most people of color have never been given. Uh, when I was in third grade, my parents did everything in their power to give me access to a private education. Uh, two years into that private education, my parents didn't have enough money to keep us in that private education. And so there was a, uh, I believe she was a ninth grade teacher. She knew of me but did not know me. Her and her husband said to my mom, we love your boys. We're going to cover their tuition for the next couple of years. And it allowed me to simply be in a room that I normally wouldn't have been able to, but someone gave me access. And then in sixth grade, I'm sitting in there because someone gave me an opportunity to be in the room, and my teacher was a woman by the name of Jill Gendra. And Jill Gendra uh, was this blonde girl, and all of a sudden she said, hey, we've got this guy coming to film some stuff for Bible. And we were like, what? What are you talking about? And in walks a guy by the name of Sean Johnson. And he walks in, and he's flirting with Jill Ginger. And I'm like, I don't think he's here for us, okay? I think he's here for something else, okay? And then they went on to get married. And then four years later, people kept giving me scholarships, giving me access to be in the room. And then I walked into a sophomore Bible class, and all of a sudden, the guy stands up and he says, Hi, my name is Chad Brugman. I'm going to be your sophomore Bible class teacher. And all of a sudden, I developed relationships with Sean and Chad over the years. And then years down the line, Chad's like, Ryan, what are you up to? I was like, man, I'm speaking. I'm doing this thing. And he's like, hey, um, why don't you come speak to our young adults at Red Rocks in Denver? And he introduces me to Doug, and he gives me access. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing on the stage because a ninth grade teacher I've never even met lended their access to me. My question for you today is, is there anybody in your life that you could give some access to that they normally wouldn't have without you? Is there somebody that's sitting at the table? Is there somebody at work that's constantly ignored that you could go, you know what? Why don't we give them an opportunity to be in the room? You know, it's so funny. People keep telling me, Ryan, your gift has made room for you. But what I want to tell them is, no, somebody gave me access to be in the room in the first place. And what people don't see behind the scenes are the Sean Johnsons and the Chad Brugmans and the Dugs that simply go, here's a mic. There are so many people of color that could do exactly what I'm doing right now. But a lot of them will never have the opportunity because no one is giving them access. Man, I wonder if there's somebody in your world. I wonder if there's somebody in your class. I wonder if there's somebody at your gym that you could simply give some access to. I was on the phone with a friend a couple days ago, and he's like, man, um, I've got a platinum membership for this gym, and you can bring a friend for free every single time 
And he's like, man, I think I need to be a little bit more cognizant of giving some access. I was talking to another business owner today. He goes, man, I've been thinking about can we do some scholarships? I talked to a trainer this week. He said, man, if I think about it, every single parent of the students that I train can afford to pay for two if they're honest. So from now on, I'm asking them to pay for someone of color to be able to train with them. Again, this is a group of people. There is a movement that you and I are seeing right now of people going, what do I have and what resources do I have to be able to help somebody else? And so as an African-American that has been given a lot of access in this country up to this point now in ministry and in business, it is my Christian duty to pass it on to others, to constantly think of ways to say whatever, whatever resources I've been given, I want to help somebody else in need get ahead. I want to invite them in to give them a seat at the table, but I'm not just giving them a seat at the table without giving them a voice. Who in your world do you need to give a little bit more access to? I want to invite the worship team to make their way back up. Verse 27 says this, it says, and as he talked with him, He went in and found many persons gathered, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Notice verse 14, he said, by no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common. Or unclean. By the time we get to verse 28, he says, But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Anything became any person in prayer. Whatever it is that you believe in this world that you and I live in, I hope that we're people of prayer. I hope we're not just people full of opinions. I hope that we are at least going, Lord, would you show me another way? Would you give me a perspective that I can't see? I I, I would argue we won't really see each other unless we're praying for each other. (laughs) I believe most of us believe the world would be a better place when and if other people change. You can ask any married person. Hey, uh, what would make your marriage better? They would be like, well, if they would just uh, get they act together, if they would drop the attitude, if they would just work harder, if they would just clean, and if they would just. And if you were to ask somebody, hey, how could we fix the world's issues? They would have this long laundry list of what everybody else should be doing. Can you imagine if we were people that said the world would be a better place if I if, if I was the one that said, I'm the problem. And here's the reality. Most of us are frustrated that other people aren't changing as fast as we want them to. And we will never be able to control the pace in which somebody else changes. But we can control ourselves. <laughs> one of our favorite prayers is, Lord, reveal to them. Lord, I just pray for my kids. Lord, I pray that you would show them that they need to get their act together. Lord, I pray for my boyfriend. I pray, God, that you would show him, reveal to him. We love that prayer. That's not a bad prayer. It's just a bad first prayer. I think our first prayer should be, Lord, 
reveal to me. Show me my error in thinking, in believing. Give me the flaws in my perspective. My, may I live in such a way that it is humble enough to see it another way. The thing that I love about this story is that Peter and Cornelius are, uh, I looked it up on the map, I believe it's about 60 miles apart geographically. They're even further apart religiously, relationally. But it's like God was bringing them both together because they both were spending time in prayer. If you ever find yourself on an opposing end of, of an issue with someone else, I believe that any relationship can experience reconciliation when both sides are praying. If you're married today, are both of you praying? Or are you just praying for the other? If you've got this relationship with a friend and you guys are trying to work things out, man, I think one of the best things that you could do is to both of you to say, you know what? We're not seeing eye to eye on this right now, but can we at least commit to praying about it? The last question I want to ask you today is, what thing or person could God want us to see differently? What is it? What's the thing that you would say, no, this is just the way it is. My dad taught me this. My teacher taught me this. My coach taught me this. This is just how it is and how it's always going to be. Man, is that something that we could take? Lord, what do you, what do you think about this? Right now, I want to give each and every person watching this message, each and every person here an opportunity not to just surrender their perspective, not to just surrender uh, their, their thinking, but to surrender their life to Jesus. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when we have surrendered our life to Jesus, we are surrendering our thoughts and our beliefs to the way that Christ would do things. And I believe that changes everything. I believe that changes everything for us. It gives us the best chance to see people the way that they're supposed to be seen and also to see ourselves the way that we were created to be in the first place. If you've never prayed a prayer to surrender your life to Christ, if you, maybe, maybe you did a long time ago, maybe during this whole pandemic, you said, oh, you're walking away from, from Christ or church, you're done with Christians, but maybe something in today's message spoke to you. Something on the inside of you that's making you say, you know what, I actually want to come back. Maybe today you want to, rededicate your life to Christ. If that's you, you're watching on Facebook, you're watching on your phone, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. Could you repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I ask now that you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender my thoughts, my future, and my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. I want you to know you just made the greatest decision of your entire life. For the rest of us, my hope and prayer for us this weekend is that God would begin to show us how we can see things differently. 
right now we're going to stand to our feet. You can stand wherever you're watching from right now. We're going to go back into a little bit of worship. And I pray that in these next few moments, that as we worship, that maybe the thing that we're giving to God is perhaps our perspective. Maybe, maybe there's something in our heart that we're looking at, we're examining today to go, Lord, I need to give this thing to you. Father, in these next few moments, I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts and touch our minds, mold and shape us into the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.